Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Ware. Here, uh, this is somewhat the, it's technically the afternoon. It's after 11 a.m. local time. Coming to you a little earlier on this Thursday. Gonna talk, uh, whew, some NIL. It's heating up. It has made its way to the swamp. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the Pac-12 and SEC commissioners are pitching to um, Senate trying to get some kind of federal uh, legislation on NIL and maybe some regulations, maybe a salary cap. I don't know. We'll get into that. Um, then we'll also touch on a uh, future SEC program, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian had some interesting comments about a uh, current player who is uh, being wooed by others in NIL offers, and uh, he chose to uh, stick with the Longhorns. I wonder why. But uh, Grayson, good morning, good afternoon. How are we doing? We're doing well. It's another beautiful day here in Nashville. We got a big weekend coming up with the Kentucky Derby, starting starting to pick some ponies. It's that time of the year, you know. It's the the slow season in terms of, you know, we're starting to get into that lull. But we got the Preds got a big one tonight, even though they got spanked the other day oh, by the, the Avs. So. Grizz are rolling. Like, yes. It's a good time for sports and and yeah. us a good time for sports watchers. As as my buddy, um, he listens to the show. Shout out Mike Johnson, big hockey guy. As he said uh, the other night, quote, the Preds are trying to get to Cancun as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, and the Avalanche are very good. So it's, it's a tough scene. But um, Preds are in the playoffs. Grizz got it 1-1. Uh, it was a hell of a game the other night. John Morant is just out of his gourd. Um, the, uh, I believe the statistic was one of only three players with 45 or more points twice in the playoffs before their 23rd birthday, I believe. I think he might have been the only one to do it. Or maybe the, the age cutoff. Under 23, he's the only one. And I think it's under 25, Kobe and LeBron did it. I think that's right. Insane. We'll check that. Somebody's probably yelling at their uh, their, <laughs> their car stereo or their phone that we're wrong. But nevertheless, John Morant, 47 points the other night, was just insane. Um, I, you know, hopefully um, Gary Payton, uh, the second, recovers from uh, – I believe it was a dislocated elbow. That was that was that was a hard one to watch. That was pretty gnarly. Um, I hate whether I, across all sports, can we agree that one replay on an injury is enough? Yeah, I don't know why people like 
continued to do this. I mean, we had the whole Kevin Ware situation in the Final Four where his leg about fell off, and they show the replay over and over, and then they do it in football. Um, I mean, between Kevin Ware and Willis McGahee in the Rose Bowl and how many times they showed that one, yeah. um, please stop. It's so bad. Um, I want to see it once. I want to see it once. I want to know what <laughs> happened. I want to see it once. I mean, once the, official, the officials had to review it to check to see if it was a flagrant one or flagrant two, but that doesn't mean everybody else has to see it. Um, yeah. So that was that was rough. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in between. I don't know if it was particularly malicious on Dylan Brooks's part. He It was a wind-up, but I believe he was going for the ball and just completely missed and hit him in the head. And so it, it was a flagrant, too, but I don't think it was intentional. Uh, Steve Kerr was convinced that it was a dirty play. I don't think it was. I think it was just unfortunate how it happened. I agree. Um, and then you had Draymond Green catch a uh, – Inadvertent elbow. That one was not intentional at all. I don't. If Steve Kerr thinks that was intentional, then he's. That just shows why Michael Jordan punched him in the face when they played together because he's just a jerk. People um, forget that. Yeah. Um, Draymond came back though. Um, got stitched up. Came back and played. Grizz uh, held off the Warriors. I mean, look. Before we get to recruiting, I, I promise you we will. But it was. Um, I can't remember if it was Barkley. I think it was Barkley that said, you know, great game, obviously playoff basketball in the NBA. Um, the ratings are through the roof. People are loving it. Um, I think it's great for the association that these non-super teams and these non, like, you know, marquee superstars are doing well. I mean, obviously Steph Curry is a household name, but like guys like John Morant, um, you know, some of the Heat players, um, you've got the Suns have – Chris Paul, but, you know, Devin Booker's a lot of fun. You've got Luca, who's, I guess, technically a household name, but he's still a young guy. I think it's great for the NBA. And for me, as someone who does not consume it on a regular basis, like I don't watch a ton of regular season, but playoffs, I've been locked in, mostly because of the Grizzlies, but also the games have been great. But um, in that game, you know, he said, if, if Ja doesn't do what he did, the Grizzlies still lose. Yes. And, and that was with – two of the best shooters in the history of the game having off nights. So they've got to figure something out. Like I, Dylan Brooks obviously went, was out Desmond Bain, who's been awesome. All playoffs is dealing with a back issue. He's still kind of sore. You could tell he didn't really look like he was hundred uh, percent. Jaron Jackson jr. Fouls out early. So he was a non-factor down the stretch. So a good gutsy win for the Grizzlies, but still they had to really eke that one out. And that was with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson not having their best night. So, uh, yeah, that's they, the issue. Clay is due. Yeah, and it's going to be tough in San Francisco. I mean, I, I don't think – what's the new arena? It's not Oracle. Uh, I would have said Oracle. Chase Center. Yeah, um, the new spot, uh, which is apparently super nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough there on the road. So, um Anyway, let's get to the NIL. Um, on Wednesday, Nick Schultz of On3 reported that Pac-12 Commissioner George, is it Clive Kauf? I believe so. And then Greg Sankey of the SEC went to Washington, D.C. to meet with U.S. Senators about federal NIL legislation. This was according to Ross Dellinger 
Um, Maria Cantwell of Washington, Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee, <sighs> Audible Grown, um, possibly others to talk about potential NIL laws at the federal level. Uh, last July, the NCAA implemented policy regarding players' abilities to profit off their NIL. However, as we all know, it was very vague. Boosters are starting to find ways around it. Wow, the sky's blue. Um, Clive Kauf and Sankey are heading to Congress to try and uh, do something to uh, to regulate this. Um, I'm going to let you go, and then I've got some thoughts that are intertwined with a uh, good friend of uh, the pod, a former college athlete, and his thoughts, but I wanted to hear your take on this first. I'm just so curious to know what the goal is. I, I don't think anyone has a definitive solution in mind. And obviously that's why uh, Clive Koff and Sankey, we're going to go with Clive Koff. Clive Koff and Sankey are headed to DC. They want answers. They want a solution. What is that solution? I mean, what, like, what is the possible outcome here that fixes the issue? I mean, I guess you're saying, right, like the boosters are, are not able to get involved in recruiting. They're, they're not really involved with recruiting right now, technically. I mean, obviously they are, right? But they have been forever. Bagmen have always been a thing. We had a kid go in front of Congress, in front of the NCAA, and testify that he accepted money from three schools before deciding on you know, what program he ended up in. Money's always been a thing. Now it's obviously inflated one because the market value is insane because these deals are being made public and it's like legal. So you, you can kind of go bigger with those numbers. Like we've seen these six, seven figure deals, but then they're not really involved in recruiting. Like they're not violating any rules there. There's all this trust involved. So a guy like Nico, I who we assume is the $8 million man headed to Tennessee, his deal doesn't require him to go to Tennessee. So what is a law that you put in place to change the fact that these deals are already not correlated directly to a student athlete and his commitment? I guess you could say, yeah, salary cap, you know, you can't spend more than X amount of money on per, you know, college roster or whatever. And you could say that booster led collectives are prohibited from being involved in recruiting, but aren't they just going to find workarounds then? I mean, I, I'd like, to, we've talked a lot about John Ruiz credit to him. I, I think he's actually doing this the right way everyone's saying oh you know he's bankrolling miami's roster yeah but he's putting these players and these athletes on his payroll for a legitimate company and having them promote that company so he's actually you know you can hate on what miami's doing all you want but they're actually kind of doing it the right way. Uh, John Ruiz is having these guys, Tyler Van Dyke in particular, they're filming a, a commercial for Life Wallet. 
similar to what Jordan Tamu did with his offensive line back in, what was that, 2014, 2015? No, it would have been 16, 17 when was, they did that video was, with the. Yeah, I think it was 16 or I think it was 17, actually. Yeah, I guess my junior year. So that would have made sense. And they did the offensive line video where they're all the security guards. Mm-hmm. John Ruiz is basically ripping that off and making it a commercial for LifeWallet and paying Tyler Van Dyke properly. So I actually think that Miami is doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. So how do you then implement legal regulation to stop other programs from doing what they're doing? I don't know what that answer is. And I guess that's my, like, sure, you can go to Congress because the, that's basically saying the NCAA is incompetent, which we know that they are. They're not going to do anything, especially with a lame duck president. I mean, Emirates on his way out. The NCAA is not going to do anything about this. So Sankey and Kilikov are saying, help. We need help. What is that help? What, what is the goal here? And I, 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 that's where I don't know because, first of all, it's a long shot that it's going to happen this year. There's 0% chance we see any regulation come in the 2022-2023 calendar year. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the new NCAA constitution is coming up for that 2022-23 athletic season. So why isn't the NCAA rewriting its constitution to include these laws, to include Mm -hmm. these regulations? It's just so confusing to me what the goal is. You can go to Congress and say, help. What is Congress going to do? I don't know. I don't understand what the goal is. And then on top of that, um, Kilikov is, is, is joining forces with Sankey after they had their Pac-12 conference meeting earlier this week where the president, or I'm sorry, the athletic director, at Arizona State, stood atop his soapbox and complained about this widespread cheating and and all these NIL issues, probably referencing the USC in particular and and Mm -hmm. all of that. Meanwhile, Arizona State's in the middle of an NCAA investigation. So it's like, sure, NIL is an issue, but there's all kinds of other issues going on too. So what is the goal and what is the solution and how do you level the playing field? I, I don't know. And I, I am personally of the belief. And I think there's a lot of people who would agree with me. The current model is not sustainable. It simply isn't. Mm-mm. So if you just let time run its course, things will level out. Things will kind of, drop back to where it was because for as long as we know for as long as i've been alive for as long as you've been alive money has always had a factor in college football the rich programs are able to pay more money to recruits under the table and then now it's just on a bigger scale so it's not like anything has really changed except for the amount of zeros Mm -hmm. so well i mean you the market flattened back out it'll get there eventually i just don't know what the goal is or what the solution is 
and it's very frustrating to be sitting here and, and have no idea. I really just don't understand what Congress can do that is going to make things so much magically better overnight. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Like, what, what's, the, what's the goal? What kind of regulations? What kind of legislation are they trying to put in place? How are they trying to police it, limit it? For lack of a better word, make it fair for everybody. I mean, you look at the top five uh, on three NIL, um, put together a list of the top five most ambitious NIL collectives. Spire Sports, Division Street, John Ruiz, Gator Collective and Gator Guard, Horns with Heart. That is Tennessee, Oregon, Miami, Florida, Texas. Now, outside of Oregon and Florida recently, the other teams on that list have not really done much on the field as of late. Oregon's made a couple Pac-12 title games. They've been in some access bowls. Florida's done the same. But Texas, Miami, Tennessee, nothing crazy. But you look at the alumni bases in the in the booster networks and, you know, the overall, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, cash in hand of all of these programs. And, I mean, they're in the upper echelon. You're not seeing – you know, a, a UCF or a UTEP or, you know, a San Jose State in the mix here. Right. So it's just we never all have. right. I mean, there was a the, the AD from Wichita State came out and um, had a quote about NIL and how people are criticizing them for not being active. And the AD fired back and said, quote, where we aired was focusing on educating our athletes about NIL and not just collecting cash and paying kids to come here. We were told all along this was not pay for play, but now it appears the NCAA has no problem with that. So why not? Um, I mean, he's right. I don't, at this point, the NCAA has just kind of, you know, thrown their hands up and stepped away and just said, hey, y'all figure it out. So if that's the case, it's just going to be business as usual. All the teams that dominate in recruiting, that have the big budgets, have the boosters that are willing to shell out money to pay for players, are going to continue to do it. And until there's some kind of – I don't even know what you do. Until there's any regulation or any legislation passed, where it's like you can do this, this, and this, and up to this. After that, if you don't follow these rules or you surpass X amount of dollars, then we will we will slap you hard. And I hinted at talking with a former college athlete about this, and he had some interesting ideas, and we're going to talk about that after the break here. And uh, I, I think, you know, when he was when he was talking to me yesterday about this you know he was like hey I'm, I'm i'm fleshing this out in real time so bear with me but i do think it's a lot of good ideas and something that hey like you got to try something so hang tight we're going to take our first break here from the sponsors that make not committed possible 
And when we come back, we'll talk more NIL and uh, try to figure out a way to, uh, to regulate this. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. 
The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry Grayson, we're with you here on this Thursday talking NIL and uh, how to possibly reel this in. Um, I was talking with a good buddy of mine, played baseball at Ole Miss, played at UAB, been around college athletics, played at Ole Miss with baseball, so he's seen the scholarship limitations at Ole Miss, and then he was at UAB. He's been around some some big-name coaches, obviously Mike Bianco at Ole Miss. Ron Polk was a volunteer assistant at UAB. He's talked a lot to coaches, recruiters, players about NIL. Talking to him yesterday, and I'll kind of quote him, but then also throw in some, some of our own analysis here. But he came to me, and he was like, hey, if there's a way to limit – NIL bottlenecking to like four or five mega schools and make the talent disperse better like the NFL does because they have a salary cap. He was saying put a salary cap on the yearly NIL money that each school can utilize. So say 5 million, but keep it all at 85 scholarships. So like similar to the baseball scholarship idea where you're having to spread it out. He said, then it becomes if you're actually worth the money, you will get to go whatever school you want and you can get it. Um, you know, not tied to AM or Ohio State or Alabama or whoever, but it becomes what your brand is and keeps a $25 million class from happening, like we saw in College Station. Um, and then, you know, building these super teams that are just too talented to fail, as he said. You know, basically, if you're really worth a million, you'll get a million whether you're at Miami or Miami of Ohio. Won't have to be through boosters. Most is coming from the school. But if you're a national brand like Arch Manning, like Nico, Malachi Nelson, uh, Ruben Owens, um, you know, Will Norman, the defensive lineman who just announced the top five. If you're a national brand like that, you're going to be fine. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are or what your brand is. Everybody will have a shot. So if you talk about capping how many five-star players you can sign in a class. So if your class max is, let's say, $5 million, if you want a $3 million a year kid, then you're going to have to spread out the rest of that $2 million throughout the class. So it's, 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 a, it's a tricky situation because you don't want to limit anybody's brand or their potential by putting a hard number or a hard cap on it. But it would be something that would keep a school like AM from just stacking up all these classes three or four years in a row. And then, you know, you end up like Georgia, who had 15 guys drafted in the draft last weekend. I mean, that's not a coincidence. So I I, I like that idea, but then you're but then you're capping. It's almost a, it, it's a it's a step forward in terms of 
regulation and in terms of like making a, a level playing field, but it's then a step backwards because you're capping these kids from reaching their full value. And, and like I've said before on this podcast and on Twitter and everything, that value is going to drop. You can't afford to pay a quarterback $8 million a year every single year, especially say, I mean, I think Nico is actually going to be a very good player on the collegiate level, but say he doesn't pan out. Then you paid $8 million to a kid who rides the bench. So this Wait, is all going to flatten five, out. Five-star dudes bust all the time. All the time. So and it's it, the risk is on the school. I mean, it, on one hand, you want to say, hey, spend your money however you want. You're rolling the dice just like you would any other time if you're just signing somebody to come play for you. You're rolling the yeah. dice that they're going to be good. Um, another idea that, that he had that, that I think is a great idea Okay, maybe not a maybe not a salary cap, but maybe you offer something like the NFL has, you know, the pension. I mean, right. give give college athletes that are on scholarship lifetime health care. I mean, the TV money that these power five schools get is just through the damn roof. There's the, Jay Billis does these tweets all the time where he'll quote tweet stuff that goes out about TV contracts and I don't know, you know, anonymous booster donations. And he always quote tweets it and says, oh, can't find the money anywhere or, you know, Hey, not enough money. I mean, there's tons and tons and tons of money that you could give for either life, lifetime healthcare or, you know, more in depth and, you know, studies on CTE and how to deal with, with concussions and dealing with PTSD after college athletes are done. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, and here's another thing that he brought up that I thought was interesting. When is it going to happen when a player let's use Nico? Cause he's, I mean, look, I think he's the $8 million man. Everybody knows he is. How much does Josh Heupel make? Uh, efforting, effort, yeah, efforting, efforting, um, efforting. Earned four million in twenty twenty one. Okay. Now I know the eight million spread out. It's like not two even, million a year, so he's making not half even, of what his head coach makes. Yeah, not even hypo. Let's say he he gets into an argument with his OC in practice. What's stopping him? I mean, like, hey man, I'm worth more than you. I'm gonna listen to yeah. you. Or I mean, there was a movie that came out, I believe it was last year, maybe two years ago, called National Champions with J.K. Simmons playing a head coach, and it's a national championship game, and the players on both teams kind of unionize and decide, well, we're going to boycott it until we're, we're compensated. What if that That's, happens? I know. There's so, so many ifs and, and what ifs and – it's crazy. It's, I a, mean, it's just crazy. It's a dangerous precedent that they're setting. But I mean, honestly, like I'm not saying that Nico would do that. I don't know him personally. I'm sure he's a nice kid. But I, I mean, nice kids make mistakes and make rash decisions all the time. What if he did that? He didn't like to play calling in practice. He didn't like to play calling in the game against SEMO. 
Hey, I make more money than you do. I'm going to call my own plays. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah, or I'm going to sit out until you're fired. Or more current events here. Brew McCoy, former five-star, was at USC. He committed to Tennessee. What if he's – man, I'm a five-star too. I've played in college. This is just a high school kid. Where's my money? Yep. You know, I mean, it, it's – Well, it's we fun. saw that happen at Miami. The – oh, God, I'm blanking on his name right now. But earlier – the Kansas State transfer came over um, to Miami. And then shortly thereafter, another Miami basketball guard – came out and said, well... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah Wong, that was his name. Yeah. Isaiah if I don't, Wong if I don't, if said, I don't get if my don't money, get I'm leaving. Money, then I'm leaving. And then he ended up staying because he, the story became public and he kind of got embarrassed or whatever. But he came out and said, he's like, Nigel Pack got 800 grand. Where's my 800 grand? And John Rui said, sorry, dude, I'm not paying you any more money. Like, you're welcome to leave because I'll replace you. Mm-hmm. And that's just a matter of the situation. It's... It, these guys are becoming replaceable, so they lose their leverage. But at the same time, the players who are making that eight hundred grand, that eight million dollars, are gaining more leverage. So it's it's all bananas. And and thank you to the listeners out there who are who are letting us talk through this in real time because that's kind of just where we are right now. There's no solutions. There's no answers there's no definitive like oh okay this needs to be done we know for sure that if congress does end up getting involved the first thing that they're going to do is really simple they're going to make pretty much the same rules across the country for example like in michigan i don't know if this is still the case but when nil first was implemented back in july and this has happened in alabama and texas there's been all kinds of laws that were repealed but in michigan there's a seven-day reporting period. So in Michigan, you have to report an NIL opportunity seven days before you enter into that agreement. Ohio doesn't have that same seven-day period. Now, obviously, if a kid wants to go play in Michigan and sign an NIL deal in Michigan, a seven-day period is not going to be a huge factor there. But Congress is going to be able to come in and say, okay, you know, everywhere in the country has that seven-day reporting rule or mm-hmm. nowhere in the country has that seven-day reporting rule. That's great, but that doesn't solve the quote-unquote issue at hand. And then on top of that, you have to wonder, you know, if, if a school decides, let's say, you know, I'm a booster and I want to pay you, the five-star recruit, $100,000 for a 30-minute autograph session that's pretty outlandish Mm -hmm. but it's the free market this is america this is you know what what legal precedent does it set if congress comes out and says oh no actually you can't pay that kid one hundred thousand dollars of the money that you earned Mm -hmm. for a 30-minute signing session for him to then earn that money. Right. So what legal precedent would that set? It's just all a mess. And and again, I I think the only way to like really fix this is to just let it play out. It's going to be crazy for the next couple of years. 
yeah, we're going to get these big headlines. We're going to get the Jordan Addisons. We're going to get the Brew McCoys. We're going to get the Isaiah Wongs. We're going to get the Xavier Worthies, which we'll get to in the next session. I mean, I mean, you had, and not to cut you off, but Jarvis Brownlee Jr. Yeah, exactly. At Florida State. I mean, he's going to start. I mean, look, I mean, A.J. Brown did it, and he got traded because he was like, look, I think I'm – I think I have earned the right to negotiate for more money. And he sat out. He didn't partake in Titans mini camp or whatever the hell they call it. And, and he got traded. Jarvis Brownlee Jr. did the same thing at Florida State. He was like, hey, I'm not getting compensated for what I think that I'm worth. And then he ultimately transferred. But, I mean, I think you're going to see more and more guys do that that are going to say, you know, hey, like – I think I bring more to this team than I'm earning. And that's where I think the TV money has to come in where. Yes. People have said it for years. I mean, these players put their bodies on the line all during the week, every weekend during the season. And they think that, Hey, like the TV money comes from them. People don't watch TV. People don't watch games on TV to see Nick Saban parade around the sideline. You know, Lane Kiffin throwing his play sheet is fun and you know, looking at – I wonder what kind of shoes he's wearing this week. You know, okay, I get that. But you watch for the players. You watch to see the games and everything to be decided on the field. And these guys are just going to continue to do this. And, you know, talking about fleshing this out in real time, you know, somewhat breaking news here, 37 minutes ago as, as we discuss it, Two Florida State NIL collectives are announcing a merger, which is, I guess, the first merger ever in the name image likeness era. Yeah, but it's the monopolization. They're, yeah, I, I mean, that's I mean, Florida State's a bigger program. They have more boosters. They have more money than a team like, say, Ole Miss. But they have Rising Spear and then Warpath 850 are going to consolidate and work together. That's what I think teams like Ole Miss need to do where there are two different – I believe there's two different collectives that are – there's Grove Collective and then there's another one that I – the name has escaped me, but – Those are the big ones. There's, I think there's a couple of different collectives out there. There's a couple of small, smaller I ones. I mean, like too, you but... need – band together. Yeah. You're all working for the same goal. It's not a competition. It shouldn't be at least. But I think that's where egos and these weirdos that want to – state claim to, well, I'm the reason X players signed here because of my deal with, you know, Magnolia Windows LLC or whatever the hell it is. But And I have more money than you. I mean, yeah, it's all just a, you know, expletive measuring contest. But, (laughs) I I mean, I think that's what Ole Miss is going to have to do. Yeah, you're in the SEC. You get the SEC Network TV money. You're in the West, the best division in college football. But you're still, I mean, it's, it's peanuts, man. You're, you're not even remotely close to the Georgias, to the LSUs, to the Alabamas, to the Tennessees. You're not, you're not even sniffing that. So why not everybody pull the rope in the same direction? So, And here's the thing, too. It's like, yes, pull the rope in the same direction. But then, like, why – isn't there just one collective for every school? It should just be, you know, you, that money should come from the same place 
for every single school. So you know exactly where it's coming from across the country because there's not, Mm -hmm. you know, this one over here, that one over there. You can keep tabs on things better. It helps keep things easier. It helps streamline the process from a booster and recruiting standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's just very confusing. And on top of that, like you said, the TV money, Ole Miss is one of, I can't remember exactly how many, but I want to say five or six schools. I know they were the first, maybe the second, but I believe the first. The NCAA allowed schools to pay their players as of last year, legally, like literally the school, not the collectives, not the boosters, not anyone outside of the university. The schools are currently allowed to pay their players. I can't remember the number right now. I'm not going to effort it, but it's, I believe it's like, somewhere around 3,500, maybe closer to 5,000 a year, maybe 1,500, whatever the number is, schools are allowed to pay their student athletes directly from the school's athletic budget as long as it's tied to academics. So there's, Ole Miss was on the cutting edge of that to where every student athlete at Ole Miss is getting, I can't remember the dollar amount, a financial academic bonus. Is there maybe a way to increase that number to where there is more money attached to academics and there's more money attached to what schools can pay out directly legally to their student athletes? Obviously, then you get into the question of how is Nico Ayamaleva valued versus the second string, second baseman on the, on the softball team, you know, but that would help. Give, the, give, give schools more of an opportunity. And then the other thing I've seen, and, and we'll go to break after this, but the other thing I've seen is, is the idea that the FBS could just kind of separate and the FCS could remain in its current structure. Division two, division three, baseball, softball, soccer, swimming, all of those sports remain under the NCAA's umbrella but then the fbs could become its own college football playoff entity to where it's operating more like a business because if aj brown can decide that he wants to get paid why can't someone who is four five six seven years younger than him doing the exact same thing taking hits risking ankles you know um, I can't think of his name right now. Michigan, is it Oka Joby? Oka, whatever. He blew out his ACL or Achilles at his pro day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The linebacker. I can't, Oka, Oka Jabo, whatever his name is. He ended up being a second rounder, but he could have locked in his money before being drafted to where whether he pans out or not, he could have the ability to take care of his family with that healthcare, perhaps, that you suggested. There's so many options on how to, you know, fix this. I don't think fix is the right word because I, don't, I actually don't think it's a problem. I think it just needs guidelines and it needs to be reeled in. And I don't know what that solution is, but there are so many options out there that getting Congress involved, sure, that's great. What are they going to do? How can they 
what I almost wonder is, do they not have bigger things to worry about? Like that (laughs) Congress has to get involved with collegiate athletics. I don't know, whatever. And, and and with that, I'll rest my case, but uh, it's exhausting. And there's so many options and I don't know the answer. This is, I mean, it's literally the old saying it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission at this point. Right. It's just schools just going to keep doing what they're doing until somebody tells them stop or until somebody slaps them with a, you know, a violation, a postseason ban, something. So, um, yeah, I, we don't know the answer. I don't know who does, but hey. But let us know. Like the people who are listening, <laughs> you have ideas, like let us know. I'd yeah. be curious to know what all of these thoughts are. I think everyone kind of has the same five or six, you know, main solutions. But if you have something unique and different, let us know. I'm, I'm, it's such an interesting, like, just giant brainstorm right now mm-hmm. that I'm, I would love to hear anything like ridiculously outlandish to something that's absolutely brilliant. Like, I hadn't heard that healthcare idea. I think that's a great idea. Well, I mean, you look at, I mean, it could have played a role in, you know, somebody like N'Kobe Dean, who now it's come to light. Uh, I was listening to, uh, we'll do some cross-promotion here, Hand in the Dirt. Uh, the fellows over there were discussing the NFL draft. Michael Felder um, was was talking about it. Um, he was at the, or he wasn't at the draft. He was in New York City covering the draft for stadium. And it became clear that medical was the reason why Nicobe Dean slipped so far. Right. He has a, a pec issue. Uh, he's got, you know, everybody knew about the shoulder issue because he wore the brace. Um, he's got some hamstring uh, stuff that he's dealing with. And it, maybe Nicobe Dean wouldn't have cared. I, I think that he probably had a point where he was like, I need to make a decision. But I think that Nicobe Dean was like, well, I'm going to finish out the season and try to win a national championship with my teammates. But how different is that decision if he's got lifetime, you know, health care or, you know, an insurance policy to where he could sit out and those type of things, you know, maybe, maybe those injuries don't get worse. Maybe the medical thing is only a shoulder. And it's like, okay, we can, we can deal with that. That's fine. A lot of linebackers have shoulder issues. Demarcus Gates had a similar thing when he was at Ole Miss. He wore the brace. He had to deal with it. Um, maybe if he knows he has that to fall back on, he doesn't feel the need to try to maximize his, maximize his, his worth and his potential and to build that stock and play the rest of the season. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting debate that we're going to have for a long time. So, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to touch on Xavier Worthy, and uh, his decision to return to Texas and uh, what, what went into that, dis- that decision. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. 
They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, and they're monitoring 24 7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901 754 6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed, closing up the show on this Thursday afternoon. Came out uh, late Wednesday evening. Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach at Texas, commented on Xavier Worthy. Uh, a team reportedly tried to throw six figures at him to entice him to enter the portal, come play for their school. Um, Steve Sarkeesian talked with Adam Rittenberg of ESPN on the reported offer. He said, quote, I understand it. I get it. Xavier Worthy was a heck of a player, freshman All-American. Broke a lot of records. Of course, people were going to try to use it NIL to entice him to go to their school. So you've got to be proactive when it comes to these things. Okay. So you've got to be proactive when it comes to those things. Wonder how proactive Texas was. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I raised this question yesterday, actually. Um, once I saw the whole worthy thing go down on, I guess it was Tuesday night that uh, the report came out that he was, you know, considering the the six figure offer or whatever. So then I, I turned around and I actually, you know, wrote this yesterday, Texas wide receiver, Xavier worthy, turning down big NIL money to transfer raises a questions about the money in Austin. If Xavier Worthy is having this metaphorical NIL carrot hung in front of his face to go to another school and then ended up at staying at Texas, he didn't just stay. I mean, he said, quote, this wasn't even a decision. I put my trust in Sark, so I'm going to believe in Sark. I'm not just going to leave him after one bad year. 
I didn't get that talk. I never had. I'm not leaving. I put my trust in Sark. Great. That's fine. This had nothing to do with Sark. This had to do with the dollar sign. You chose not to leave Texas, not because Sarkeesian had a bad year. You were offered the opportunity to go get paid elsewhere and chose to stay in Texas. You think that maybe the boosters and the collectors down there were able to find an equal or greater offer? Seems to me like that would make a lot of sense. On top of that, Xavier Worthy's already a guy. He was committed to Michigan. He was the number eight wide receiver in his class, and he was going to play for the Wolverines. He decided two, three, four months after signing day that he changed his mind and wanted to go play in Texas, at Texas. Do we think that maybe there was something interesting? This was actually before NIL. Mm-hmm. So th- there wasn't an NIL deal offered to him back in May of 2021 when he decided that he was going to leave Michigan and was finally released from his NLI. There was no NIL. But, huh, it seems fishy to me that a receiver is deciding, I don't want to play at Michigan, I'm going to Texas, gets an offer to leave Texas for six figures, and it was a significant, quote, significant six-figure offer. So it wasn't just 100 grand. It was probably closer to six, seven, 800, as we've seen with other recruits of his caliber and other players of his caliber. But you're saying, no, 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 thank you. Like, I'm good where I am. I don't need this life-changing money. Probably because he's already got a deal going on there in Austin. Mm-hmm. Worth life-changing money. So. We, we, could, we could be wrong here. We could. Xavier could just, just love, love Sark. Love Sark. Loves Jeff Banks. Loves the, you know, the, the wildlife of being in Austin. Uh, maybe, who could blame him? Maybe he loves TCBY being on campus. I know I would love that. The odds are that that is not the case. And I think at this point, everyone would be naive to think that that's the case. This isn't some homegrown talent that grew up watching the Texas Longhorns. He's like not Quinn from Ewers. Texas. I mean, yeah, Quinn Ewers is different. He did. He grew up that. in Texas and all that stuff. So it's like, whatever, he went back to Texas. Great. Fine. Xavier Worthy is from Fresno, California. He graduated high school in 2021. So that would make him what? Born in, help me out here. Oh, God. Like 2006? Uh, Shit. 2000, 2000, this is why I, this is some, like 2000, 2003 ish. 2003 ish. So if he's 18, he was born in 2003. Don't think he was locked in for that Rose Bowl against the Trojans and watch Vince Young. I was like, damn, I just want to go be a, be a horn, hook him. No. And it's like that, you know, that I get it. He's a movie star. Everybody knows him for the most part. I say everybody knows him. I don't know if the kids that are there know him. Matthew McConaughey being at the spring game. 
Like, cool. That's great. I don't think anybody knows who the fuck he is. Like, maybe they know him from the Lincoln commercials. Yeah. But I don't think these kids that are like, hey, there's that guy from Daisy Confused. They're not doing that. So, like, I get it. Like, sure. He's a movie star. I mean, I... If we're being honest, like, do we, this is an Ole Miss podcast. Do we think that every single student athlete knows who Morgan Freeman is? Probably yeah. not. No. Yeah. I think, I think that one probably yeah. Morgan Freeman's Morgan Freeman. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm not trying I, I, to I get your point, say that though. Morgan Freeman's not the man, but I mean, if, if we're, the comparison here is like, people aren't seeing Morgan Freeman courtside and, you know, Amani Bates is not like I gotta go to yeah, this because Morgan exactly. Freeman scored side. So, yeah, I mean, come on. And he stayed. And he, he stayed in Texas because he got paid. Yeah. Whether whether team. NIL was there or not, it was an under the table NIL. I I don't know this to be true or not. It's all speculation. But when you look at how things are currently going, and the fact that Jordan Addison received an offer to transfer from Pittsburgh to USC. And when they actually quick sidebar here, quick diatribe on the side, it's really interesting that USC has all of these, um, you know, reported NIL deals to go out there and float. They don't have a collective. So they're doing this yeah. as like one-off boosters basically, which <laughs> is really, which is really crazy. They don't have like a joint effort. These are just like single dudes or like a couple guys that get together and go, all right, we're going to, you know, drop a couple bags to get somebody out here. But the timing of Jordan Addison entering the portal, he's now officially in the portal. From everything I've heard on the West Coast, the understanding is that he is going to USC unless Texas comes in at the last second and like doubles the offer. So the timing of Jordan Addison and the timing of Xavier Worthy getting a deal as well would lead me to believe, again, all speculation, that perhaps USC was the team that floated hit the idea of, hey, why don't you come to LA? Yeah. Xavier Worthy, assuming that it was USC, hypothetically, right, speaking all hypothetically here, if Xavier Worthy is saying, hey, we'll offer you 800 grand to come play at USC, which, again, we don't know to be true or not, but I'm going to use that as the example. 800 grand to go play at USC and you're saying no because you want to stay at Texas for less money? No, not a chance. Why would you ever turn down the opportunity to go play with Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley in the back 12 closer to home? Like Fresno is three, four hours from LA. Your family can be there, all this stuff. So assuming, or, you know, not assuming, but pretending that it was USC why would you turn that down to stay at Texas unless there's a, a, a bigger check involved to stay in Austin? It doesn't seem to me Dude, like it's a big secret. Looking at the alumni list for USC. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The NIL potential. <laughs> I mean, just, just – I, I mean, the list is – huge on wikipedia but some of the names that jump out judd apatow george lucas 
Yeah, I always think about that. What if George Lucas got involved in the NIL game? That would be bananas. <laughs> I mean, he donated like 175 million or something to the film school, which is fantastic. USC's school of cinema television out there is unbelievable. Um, imagine if George Lucas decided, never mind, you know, that 175 million that I put towards the school, I'm actually gonna like put 175 million towards getting the top recruit. <laughs> it would be insane. Disney plus Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got, uh, I mean, Josh Schwartz, the guy who created the OC. You've got, um, I mean, Kevin Fagey of Marvel. Um, Matthew Weiner, who created Mad Men. Shonda Rhimes, who has been on a roll as of late, but, you know, obviously Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, private practice, um, how to get away with murder. She's been crushing it. Um, and then really big with Netflix now. I mean, they have a list of people that they could reach out to that a million dollars is just a drop in a bu- drop in the bucket. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. We're giving out free ideas to Lincoln Riley. So <laughs> send the check. Um, anyway, it's, it's crazy. It's going to continue to be crazy, but Hey, it gives us something to talk about on a Thursday in May. So this is fun. Um, thanks for you. Uh, thanks to you. I should say the listener for tuning in. Thanks to the sponsors that make it possible for me and Grayson to sit here and ramble on about NIL. As always, we remind you like subscribe, leave a review. Let us know. I mean, you might have better ideas than we do about NIL and how to regulate. Probably do, Cause my ideas are bad. Um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, either leave us a, a tip or, uh, you know, just simply leave a review. It's great. It helps us. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. Talk more Ole Miss recruiting. Um, next week is a big week for Ole Miss. As uh look at the calendar here, um, it will be uh, so a week from tomorrow. Next Friday, four-star running back Dante Dowdle will announce his commitment. My uh, commitment prediction is in for Ole Miss to uh, receive some good news next week. Um, believe the Rebels are going to get him. So we'll have a full recap of that. Um, maybe we'll preview it on that Thursday show, and then we'll have another recap that next week following. But, uh, but yeah, it's been fun. Thanks to Grayson. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday on Not Committed. Till then, we out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.